If you were face-to-face with someone who was responsible for the death of one of your immediate family members, what would you do? How would you respond in that situation? Would you yell at that person, curse them, this person who has caused you so much pain? Or do you think you could forgive them? I'll tell you about a woman who faced this exact situation and how she responded. That's coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Josh Ray. Hello and welcome to this Monday edition of The Inner Life. And I want to say, first of all, a big thank you for your generosity and your support of our pledge drive last week. Uh, we were needing to raise $3 million. We did that with your help, your assistance, and we made it a little over $3.1 million raised last week. Heard from more than 15,000 people who made a donation. So thank you again for being generous and helping support Relevant Radio. If you didn't contribute last week, well, of course, we always have ongoing needs. And um, so if, if you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, of course, you can do that through our website, relevantradio.com, on the Relevant Radio app. Or you can give us a call at 877-291-0123. So the woman that I'm talking about here that I mentioned at the very top of the hour, Corey Ten Boom is her name. She was a Christian living in uh, Amsterdam when the Nazis invaded World War II, uh, during World War II. And she and her family, they were hiding Jews and other people, helping them escape extermination under the Third Reich. And they were successful in this until 1944. In 1944, Corey, she and her family were arrested. Her father, he was sent to one Nazi prison camp and he died there. Corey and her sister, her sister's name is Betsy. They were sent to the Ravensbrück concentration camp, and Betsy died there in the camp later that year, December of 1944. Well, Corey, she survived. And after the war, she began to speak publicly to different groups at churches about God's love and God's forgiveness, especially about God's forgiveness. But in 1947, only two years after the end of World War II, she had an encounter that really put this message that she was, she was presenting to different groups, this message of forgiveness, it put that to the test for her. Corey, she was in this basement room of a church in Munich, and she had just finished speaking to a group of people on that topic of God's forgiveness. And in, in her address, she had thing, said things like, when we confess our sins, God casts them into the deepest ocean. They're gone forever. And now the talk had concluded, and all the people were exiting to the back of the room, except for one man who was working his way forward. And Corey looked closely, and she recognized this man that was walking toward her. He was a man just in an overcoat, a brown hat, but the last time that she saw that face, he had been wearing a blue uniform with a swastika and a military cap bearing a skull and crossbones. And it all came back to her in that moment, the huge room in that concentration camp, the harsh overhead lights, a pile of dresses and shoes that were there in the center of the floor, and the shame of walking unclothed past this man. And now he was standing there in front of Corey, and he started to extend his hand to shake her hand. And he told her how much he enjoyed listening to her, And he said, how good it is to know that, as you say, all our sins 
are at the bottom of the sea. Corey, who had just a few moments earlier, she'd been speaking these planned, these rehearsed words about forgiveness. In that moment, she couldn't even look him in the eye. This man continued to speak of working as a guard at the Ravensbrück concentration camp. But as he talked, it became clear to Corey he did not remember her. He said to her, Since that time I have become a Christian and I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things that I did there, but I would like to hear it from your lips as well. Will you forgive me? His hand was still outstretched and Corey, she was wrestling in her mind with what she would do, how she would respond. She hadn't extended her hand yet. She knew what she had to do, but she didn't think she could. She knew what she had to do because, you see, after the war, Corey had opened up her home for victims of Nazi brutality, and she had witnessed how those who were able to forgive their former enemies, they were able to return to the outside world. They were able to start rebuilding their lives. On the other hand, those who held on to that grudge, those who held on to that bitterness, they were never able to move forward. And Corey thought, in that moment there, with that man in front of her, how Forgiveness is not an emotion, she said. It's an act of the will. And so she prayed inwardly. She said, Jesus, help me. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You have to supply the feeling, Jesus. And as she slowly and mechanically reached out to take his hand, even before her hand touched his, Corey felt this healing warmth flood through her, and tears came into her eyes And she finally spoke to the man, looked into his eyes, and said, I forgive you, brother, with all my heart. Those are her words. Uh, Remarkable story. Would you be able to do that? Would you be able to forgive someone who had beat you, who had imprisoned you, someone who was part of the reason that your father and your sister died, and of course so many other millions of people? Or does forgiveness seem impossible in certain situations? to offer forgiveness to somebody who has wronged you. Well, today on The Inner Life, we want to spend this hour talking about forgiveness and our spiritual director helping us look at this very important topic for this hour of The Inner Life. Father Brian Fallon is back here on The Inner Life. He is a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Louis, the vocations director for the Archdiocese, and he is the pastor of Church of the Magdalene there in St. Louis, Missouri. Father, welcome back to The Inner Life. I'm glad to be able to talk to you today. Thanks, Jess. Good day to you. Well, so, um, you know, th- this is one of those topics where it's necessary, but it's difficult in a lot of different situations. And maybe one of the most common places that we acknowledge the importance of forgiveness is in a prayer that we pray every time we attend Mass, if we pray the Rosary, if we pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, if we just simply pray in the words that Jesus taught us, the Our Father, we have that line, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then Jesus, right after he concludes the prayer, there's so much that he could have gone on to clarify in the Our Father. Uh, and I've mentioned this on the program before, it's, it's the only part that he goes back to clarify that aspect of the prayer, the part of forgiving others who wrong us. Why do you think this is such an important point for Jesus to highlight after this prayer? Oh, yeah, I think this is the core of who we are as Christians, as followers of Jesus. The disciples 
ask the Lord, teach us how to pray. And that as he does, as he gives us this beautiful prayer, praying to his father, being reminded that we are his children, that means that we're all connected to one another. And so Jesus wants to emphasize that point that if we're not able to forgive each other, then how is it that we're able to receive the Father's forgiveness? How are we able to be brothers and sisters together? Even if it's the most difficult thing, that takes time to find that healing. Uh, but the Lord says that we can't be truly united to him if we're holding on to things that separate us from him. Well, and that's one of those where I think if you have somebody who has very seriously hurt you, maybe going back to that story of Corrie Ten Boom, um, you know, she had these words that forgiveness is an act of the will. It's not an emotion. Uh, you know, I mean, that that's her kind of talking of her own experience. Do you think that's true that, you know, I mean, as much as emotions can play into us either forgiving or holding back forgiveness— that it really is an act of the will, something where we can set aside our emotions and be able to forgive somebody even if we don't feel like it? Oh, for sure. I think the enemy, the evil one, wants us to hold on to that hurt, that pain, because and somehow he tricks us into thinking that that is who we are now. But as Corey is able to do, as she's talking about the merciful compassion of the Lord, she's able, not negating her emotions, not... Uh, wiping out what she experienced, but in spite of all of those things, reaching out and shaking that soldier's hand in mercy and forgiveness, she is truly living out of what it is to be a follower of Jesus and, and, and being Christ to him. And that's why she feels that warm flow of compassion between the two of them. Well, there also might be value in talking about the difference of holding on to the pain you know, as you talk about, Satan might want that to be something that we latch onto. But then also, how do we how do we understand how we can move forward into the action of forgiveness? But at the same time, the the hurt, the feelings, the trauma, those things don't go away just because we make. A, a mental, an intellectual assent to forgive somebody. Those those other repercussions of the actions of the person that hurt us, they still remain. Oh, of course. And that's something that I think people feel like there's this tension that if I'm going to forgive this person, it's as if it didn't happen. And that's not the case. Or that sometimes people feel like, well, I did forgive them, but I still have all the effects. Certainly. I think one thing that perhaps we need to be reminded of is that when we're forgiving someone, the first act that we have to do is to invite Jesus to love us in that pain and to be able to not dismiss it or just let it go, but before that, to be able to allow Jesus, who knows suffering, who knows our hurts, just to console us and to, to heal us, then maybe with him, we'll be able to more fruitfully start to work towards that forgiveness so just recognizing that as a first act. Well, l let's talk about Jesus. I want to open up the phone lines here, too, just because this is uh, you know something I think all of us struggle with at some point in our lives. 
being able to offer that forgiveness. And so if you would like to call in to speak with Father Brian Fallon, the phone number into the studio is 888-914-9149. When have you had to make that decision to forgive someone even when you didn't want to? Or maybe you're in a situation right now where it's difficult to offer that forgiveness. You know you should, but whatever the circumstances are, whatever your feelings are, it seems to be holding you back and you'd like some advice and some guidance from Father, you're welcome to call in again. The phone number, 888-914-9149, Our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. So, Father, you know, looking at Jesus, you said he understands what we're going through. And coming up in a little over a week here, we're going to enter into the season of Lent. We'll have opportunities to maybe more regularly reflect on the passion and the crucifixion of Jesus, one of those moments that we'll, we'll think about in these coming weeks is, of course, the different phrases, the last words of Jesus, and one of those on the cross is praying, Jesus praying for those who are actively killing him, the words, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And maybe you know can you talk about the importance of how how we invite Jesus in we can forgive someone even if they show no remorse you know when when i when we look at this story of Corey and the soldier who comes up to her he at least shows that remorse but Jesus is actively wanting to offer forgiveness to people who they haven't looked at what they've done. He, Jesus even says they don't realize what they're doing. They haven't apologized. They're actively looking for ways to hurt and 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 actively kill Jesus. Why is it important that we have that ability to forgive even when somebody shows no remorse? It's the core of being one of his disciples. If we are Christians... He calls us to be Christ-like, and long before the cross, when he sends his disciples out to preach the gospel of repentance, that that's why the Son of God has come, to heal the broken people, to restore them to their true dignity. He says that some people aren't going to be able to receive it. And so, not in a haughty way, but he instructs his disciples to shake the dust from their feet. And we see this in several of the gospels, and to be able to move on to the next town and village. So, even if someone's unable to forgive you or if you're not able to forgive them at first, that act of striving for repentance, uh, we see that the, the disciples, they struggle with it throughout their whole ministry. And then we even see that Jesus is talking about his own brothers and sisters that he's been journeying with for years. Many of them leave him. Uh, Peter betrays them. So uh, we, as we're living out that Christian life, recognize that hey, we're the beneficiaries of this forgiveness and this merciful love of Jesus on the cross too. So if he's been willing to heal us and wipe away our offenses, then can we start to learn to be like him and slowly forgive those who trespass against us? I think it, it all leads up from that earthly ministry, the culmination of the cross, and then seeing him in that great act of mercy, forgiving all of us. I'd also like to follow up and maybe talk in a moment here about 
Jesus those words, they know not what they do, because I think that's also something that's important for us to reflect on when people hurt us. But uh, let's go to the phones here before we uh, get too late into the hour. Barbara uh, is calling in from New Jersey. And again, if you're listening and you'd like to speak with Father Brian Fallon, our phone number into the studio, 888-914-9149, as we talk about forgiveness, how we can, uh, even in those difficult moments— how we can experience, how we can offer forgiveness for somebody who has wronged us, how we can also even receive forgiveness when we've been the one doing the wrong against somebody else. 888-914-9149. Barbara, glad to have you here on the program. You're on the air. Thank you very much for taking my call. You kind of just were touching on um, a situation that I feel like I'm dealing with. I'm trying to be forgiving of a person, but I feel that they have no clue as to how much I've been hurt by them. And they think that they're right. And, you know, I'm trying to be forgiving. And I know all those things that, you know, that person is misguided and whatever. But I want to forgive. But I also feel like I have to constantly be on guard with the person. So how do you forgive when you're constantly feeling you have to be on guard with somebody? Yeah, thank you, Barbara. That's a very tough part, especially sometimes when those are people that we just can't remove from our lives completely because they might be people that we live with or or work with or are part of communities. I, I think that interplay between letting Jesus, one, be the one who understands what you're experiencing and that even though this person can't be the one to understand how much they've hurt you that jesus does and then to be able to speak with jesus and continue to invite him to show you how uh, that you don't have to do this alone but show you how to forgive and then secondly i think just very prudently and to ask the lord for wisdom and to say okay in this circumstance i can't open my heart up to this person the way that i perhaps have in the past, I need to be prudent about how I hear what they say or do. Uh, Can I allow that to be filtered by the Lord? Can I allow him to be the one uh, to provide context instead of uh, maybe putting ourselves or opening ourselves up uh, to be hurt in the same way? How can we maybe create some boundaries with the Lord to be able to prevent that uh, from happening just as painfully? Again, talking with Father Brian Fallon on The Inner Life today, and need to take a short time out. We're going to be right back, and again, our phone number, if you'd like to call in, 888-914-9149. Talking about forgiveness, when have you had to forgive somebody even when you didn't want to, and how did that act of forgiveness help you not only in your relationship with that person, but in your relationship with God. How did you experience the healing and the freedom that came with offering that forgiveness? Or maybe you are in a situation just like Barbara. You know you should be forgiving somebody who has done something hurtful, something that's wronged you, but it's a difficult thing to do, and you're not sure how you can make that progress, to getting to a point where you can offer that forgiveness. And you'd like to speak with Father Brian Fallon, uh, get some of his insight, his guidance, his advice, 888-914-9149. Back in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center. 
helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at relevantradio.com slash Gregory. That's relevantradio.com slash Gregory. Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and thank you for joining us for this hour of spiritual direction, talking today about forgiveness, the importance of offering that forgiveness, especially so we can receive the forgiveness God wants to give us, and our spiritual director for the hour, Father Brian Fallon. He is a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. He's the pastor of Church of the Magdalene there in St. Louis. And the phone number to call in today and speak with Father is 888-914-9149, Father, I wanted to follow up on what Barbara was saying there right before we had to go to our first break. And she said, you know, the person who she wants to forgive, she's worried, you know, feels like she has to be on guard. And I think it might be important to talk about, there's that phrase that I think all of us have heard, you know, well, you're supposed to forgive and forget. And the forget part there, I think that can be a bit misleading or a bit of a misnomer. Yeah, you don't want to necessarily hold wrongdoing over somebody's head if they really have repented if they've you know changed if they've if they've made some sort of restitution or amends and they're not doing that you know whatever the, whatever it was that hurt you or wronged you in in you know the present day you shouldn't keep on bringing that up and hold it over them but on the other hand it's important that forgiveness not be conflated with meaning that we allow ourselves to be taken advantage of, uh, that we become, you know, that, that, that we're a pushover. Somebody can take advantage of us again and again and again, or especially to remain in a situation where there might be abuse, some sort of harm that could be uh, involved for us. That's not what forgiveness is about. Thanks for bringing that up, Josh. Yeah, there's tons of nuance with forgive and forget. It's one thing to move on when someone maybe makes fun of you or or maybe slights you in some way. But if there's someone in your life who's creating a lot of toxicity or someone who's hurting you, especially in a physical or a very severe emotional or manipulative way, it's very important for someone to know they have the freedom and the choice to be able to, and I would even say sometimes the responsibility to sever those ties. That's where it's important, whatever our individual situation is, to reach out to somebody, to be able to talk to somebody and say, is this something that I should continue in or is this something that needs to change? I'd say, especially if someone's hurting you, uh, that, yeah, it's time to be able to create some distance from that situation. And I want to get back to the phones, but I also wanted to follow up with you. You know, we talked about Jesus and on the cross praying for those who are persecuting him, harming him, actively killing him. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And, uh, you know, Jesus acknowledging that the people crucifying him, that they don't know what they're doing in that moment. I think we've all probably experienced a time where someone has hurt us, but they don't realize the seriousness of their actions. Can you talk for a moment, too, so that maybe we can be a little more charitable 
and understanding. You know, I mean, it's so easy to just look at, oh, you know, this person hurt me, and I get so inward focused. But how does sin blind us from the reality of what we're really doing? How does it hold us back from understanding the seriousness of our actions? And if we understand that when somebody wrongs us, how we can maybe be a little more merciful toward that person? Isn't it just like Jesus to be able to say they know not what they do as he is enduring the most agonizing torture, that he is reaching out to us and saying, I understand that you don't fully grasp what your actions are doing. Uh, Anyone, shout out to anyone who's ever been cut off in traffic or anyone who's ever been cut in line. You know, there's a lot of people that are hurting and they're hurt. They don't realize is hurting us. Uh, Any of our quick reactions or snap judgments, uh, hateful things that we've said, a lot of that comes from the hurt that the Lord is still trying to heal in us. So recognizing that in our own lives, recognizing what Jesus is doing on the cross helps us to be more like him and be more compassionate and patient with others. Uh, There's a lot more we can unpack there, but I do want to get back to the phone, so we'll we'll get back to some of the other things that we can can, uh, look at what Jesus is is teaching us in that moment as he's there on the cross. But again, our phone number, 888-914-9149, if you would like to call into the inner life today, 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Heather calling in, listening in Bountiful, Utah. Heather, glad to have you here on the inner life. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me. Um, So I just wanted to add to the theme of forgiveness today. Um, Several years ago, it's been, you know, over 10 years ago, I entered into a really abusive relationship, met this guy online. He ended up convincing me to move out of state with him. Um, And I endured a lot of uh, verbal, emotional, sexual abuse, and I found out I was pregnant. And that was the defining moment where I decided enough is enough, and I enlisted the help of my family. And they're very, they're very good Catholics. I'm gonna get emotional. Um, they, they dropped what they were doing that second, and came and picked me up. Um, it was a 900 mile drive. They did it in two days, and just basically came and rescued me from this awful situation, um, but, and helped me raise my son. But since then, I I harbored so much resentment and hate for what had happened to me because it was an older man, um, and he had really just taken advantage of me and abused me. Um, But around the time when my son was about six or seven, I had kind of a life-changing dream, and I really felt like it was God calling me to forgive him. Um, In the dream, I met my, my ex, in a train station and he had was just looked broken down and was begging me to go home. He didn't know how to get home. And um, I spent some time thinking after that dream and kind of in my interpretation, I felt like, you know, I didn't know, I don't know if he's dead or not, but I felt like that dream was almost like he's in purgatory and he needs my prayers. So I went immediately to confession and I told my priest about the dream and I said, I, I, for years I have been harboring this hate and I would like to let it go and I would like to forgive him. And it is a process because there are harder days and there are easier days, but I know if I was in purgatory, I wouldn't want anyone denying prayers for me. I, I know that's not exactly how purgatory works, but 
in my in my mind that was kind of an easier way to rationalize like i truly i truly don't want to harbor any hate hateful feelings towards him and it's just a less of a burden for me to carry um every day and then i can focus fully on on raising my son and now five years into a very healthy relationship where we have another son and um Mm. Heather, yeah, just really... you know, I, I want to let Father respond here, but I'm so glad you called in. There's a couple of things that maybe you can talk about here, Father. One is, Heather said, you know, it's a process, and you can you can tell there's been time. It's not something where there was just an overnight forgive and able to move on. But, you know, the, those, again, we talked about this earlier. There are lasting impact and lasting scars that Heather has dealt with in this relationship. But then she also said it hasn't been the same burden. And I think that's maybe the biggest key takeaway I, I'm hearing from Heather, Father. Yeah, me too. I think that Heather's story is really profound in the way in which, one, her family came with mercy and drove all that way to be able to rescue her from a dangerous situation but that that process it takes time and that the lord notice it was sometime later that the lord proposed to her the opportunity for healing and to be able to pray for those that have hurt us i think something for us to consider too is uh, those of us who have lost uh, family members or maybe those who've hurt us who uh, we know have passed away the great gift of being able to have a mass said for them in their souls to be able to offer up little sacrifices those are beautiful things to be able to turn that grief into something that the lord can use to be able to provide his mercy another thing i'd add i just keep thinking of the resurrection when jesus comes to his disciples and he shows them his scars and and his wounds what does he say peace be with you and then he says who sins you forgive or forgiven them whose sins you retain or retained right up front after the resurrection, after he's gone through all of this, he says, I don't want you to hold on to these things anymore. So yes, it takes time, uh, but also showing that mercy uh, that his scars uh, have a whole new meaning and a whole new pointing uh, to the Father's love for us. Mm. You know, there's also, and just going back to Jesus on the cross, those th- that phrase that we were looking at, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. In so many other instances where we encounter Christ before he enters into his his passion, his suffering, he's the one actively forgiving. Your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. You know, and he's the one doing that. On the cross, though, he is asking the Father, Father, forgive them. He doesn't say, I forgive you. He asks the, the Father to forgive these people who are hurting him. And not that, you know, Jesus would be lacking in any way to be able to forgive them, but it kind of strikes me, you know, is this where maybe he's giving us a little insight into his humanity, even at moments where we are actively being hurt and it might be difficult to offer those words of forgiveness, he still shows us that we can rely on God the Father and just say, yeah, even if even if it's difficult for me in this moment, I can still do this by by turning and, and crying out to God in heaven. That's a good point, because, you know, some of us might think, well, yeah, that's Jesus's job. He's perfect love. He's supposed to forgive us. But as he's showing us, in your, your point, in the humanity, he is always united to his Father. He says the Father and I are one. But as he's heaving, as he is bleeding, as he's just in this complete pain, he knows that he can't do this by himself. So teaching us 
uh, to be able to be united to Father, Son, and Spirit, to allow them uh, to be the ones to enter into our suffering and to show us the way, to show us that gift of reconciliation. Right. We're not on our own. We we have that that support that is bigger than we'll probably ever realize, at least on this side of eternity. Again, talking with Father Brian Fallon and our phone number into the studio here to talk with Father, 888-914-9149, talking about forgiveness today on The Inner Life, and when have you had to make that decision to forgive someone? Maybe just like Heather was explaining, it's been a process, and it's difficult and you would like some advice, some insight on how you can continue moving forward to forgive someone who's really hurt you. Uh, our, our phone number again, 888-914-9149. Julie is calling in from Sacramento. Hi, Julie. Glad to have you here on the air with Father Brian Fallon. Hi, Father. Um, I wish you blessings and good prayers, and I thank you for helping all of us. I was in a uh, an abusive marriage. My daughter and myself were abused, and my younger daughter, and he's the father of both, um, she was put on a pedestal. And um, a lot of hurt and resentment, and I prayed and prayed over the years. And I get to the point where... I think I've forgiven him for what he has done, and then something comes up or he does something else to hurt something, and it all comes rushing back. And I think, okay, I guess I haven't forgiven him. How do I forgive him permanently, or how do I get through this to a permanent, without getting angry. I don't want to be angry. I just want to completely forgive him. And I think I have. And I, I just, your topic hit really hard today. It sounds like a difficult situation. I'm so sorry, Julie. You know, Father, any advice for Julie on how she can, when those moments come up, that she's able to kind of renew that forgiveness that she already has made that that kind of intellectual decision to forgive her ex-husband, but then finds herself facing those same kind of wounds and scars? Sure. Yeah, and Julie, just to know that we're praying for you and just hope that the Lord can continue to provide that healing. Uh, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, Josh, that process, that there are times where people might feel guilt about the fact that they haven't completely forgiven or perfectly forgiven someone. I don't think that's what the Lord is asking us. I think he's asking us to trust him. And just like a surgeon might have to address other areas, even though he, he or she has been uh, one to provide a medical healing, uh, there might be other things that come up. And I don't think the, the shame of, I thought I was done with this, is what the Lord wants us to focus on. That doesn't sound like it's from Him. But instead, when there is something up that comes up again, to be able to bring it to the Lord just like we did before, and to know that that's a part of our healing journey. I think He's continuing to teach us to trust in Him in those moments. And that's where we hear Him say, 
uh, how many times? 70 times 7, uh, so that it's the continuation. It's not that it has to be complete here now, this side of heaven. Well, and I'm glad you brought up that passage where Peter asks Jesus, how many times should we forgive someone who wrongs us? Maybe we can uh, look at that briefly when we come back on the other side of the break here. Again, talking with Father Brian Fallon. He is the pastor of Church of the Magdalene in St. Louis, Missouri. He is the vocations director for the Archdiocese of St. Louis. And we're taking your phone calls as today we talk about forgiveness Uh, Have you been able to forgive somebody in your life, somebody who wronged you? How were you able to do that? Maybe you are facing someone who has hurt you. You want to offer forgiveness, but it seems difficult. You can't make those strides to get to that point. And you'd like some advice from Father Fallon, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. We'll be right back here with more of your phone calls and more with Father Brian Fallon on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you're in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash forester. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. Today, speaking with Father Brian Fallon, our spiritual director. He is pastor of Church of the Magdalene in St. Louis, Missouri. And our phone number to call in and speak with Father is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Email address, relevantradio.com. Today, talking about forgiveness. How do we forgive others so that we can receive the forgiveness of God, so that we can receive God's mercy that he wants to offer us? And especially when it's difficult to offer that forgiveness to somebody, somebody who's really hurt you, how do we do that? And you're welcome to call in and speak with Father, 888-914-9149. Father, right before the break, you referenced in Matthew's Gospel, St. Matthew, uh, his Gospel, chapter 18, Peter asks Jesus, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times Jesus gives that response, not seven times, but you know, depending on the, the translation, it's either 77 times or seven times 70. And so you've got this, you know, the, the overarching theme is not that, okay, well, you have to do it a lot more, but there, there's still a limit. It's the idea that it's limitless. It's supposed to be offered again and again and again. And uh, you know, when we think about forgiving somebody who does the same thing to us over and over and over, at a certain point, I think all of us have an attitude of, why, why won't you learn? Why won't you make progress to change? Because you're hurting me, especially if we've confronted the person. But if they continue to do that wrong thing against us, it feels like, why would, why would I forgive you yet again? But at the same time, we, we can walk into the confessional anytime we want, even week after week, and for most of us, it's going to be the exact same sin or few sins that we are bringing back to the confessional again and again and again. 
And I think that should also help inform us, give us insight. Okay, if God is so infinitely merciful with me, time after time after time, even though I keep on doing the same stupid thing every every time I have to go back to confession, then that at least can maybe help give us some insight, some motivation to be a little more gentle and understanding with somebody who continues to do something wrong towards us. Yeah, it'd be nice to be able to get to 491 times and then be able to say, I don't have to forgive you. Yep, there we go. (laughs) Yep, I'm done. (laughs) Right. But the the Lord says, don't don't take me literal in the numerical. He he wants us to understand that the seven uh, talks about perfection and who is perfect. He is perfect. And so he's the one that teaches us perfect love. He's the one that, as we hear in Matthew 11, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Allow me to be the one to show you. And I think the way that he shows us, as you mentioned, is in the sacrament of reconciliation too. If we want to learn how to forgive others, well then, gosh, let's be reminded of how often he forgives us and our debts And yeah, I absolve you from your sins, not with any caveat, not with any uh, condemnation, uh, but with great mercy. So I think, again, taking time to take stock in his love and his care for us then helps us to show that mercy to other people. He's been healing us as uh, poor sinners, but at the same time rejoicing that we've been restored to that great gift of his uh, childlike gift to us. Our phone number again, if you'd like to call in and speak with Father Brian Fallon, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, let's uh, let's go to Bill, who's listening in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Bill, welcome to The Inner Life. You've got a question for Father? Yes, good morning. Uh, Father, uh, I wanted to ask you, I'm a Catholic, and uh, people approach me and uh, they can't forgive the church for prior incidences, uh, and uh, I just wonder how should I go about approaching them uh, with a with an with an answer to their 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 feelings or question. Yeah, thank you, Bill. That's uh, uh, something I'm glad we have a chance to talk about today. As we well know, uh, the church has been uh, part of a lot of great gifts in the world, but also some of its leaders have done really heinous things. And not just in recent time, but all throughout history, really uh, betraying the trust of the flock that uh, have been entrusted to their care. Uh, What's been really helpful for me is the more recent uh, small little pamphlet book that Bishop Robert Barron released. It's called Letter to a Suffering Church. And in that he, Bishop Barron, sets out many points, one of which is to say, We can't ignore these things, but at the same time, as we're showing these practical steps on how the church is moving forward, how the church is addressing some of these crimes and some of these great injuries, we also remember that we don't want these things as bad as they are to prevent us from receiving the true love that comes from Jesus's church. Uh, And and I think that's what breaks my heart uh, in in a lot of ways. in a similar way to the hurt that has been done to those people is that now they miss out on the love of Jesus in his church, the great gift of the Eucharist, that great gift of the sacraments uh, that they have been now uh, rejected by the church, but then also that 
now they aren't able to receive Jesus's love because of that. So just encouraging people and, and not dismissing in any way or negating what they're experiencing to say, yeah, these things are awful, but can we be like Christ and take steps forward in faith uh, despite all of these crimes? Yeah, I, I think that right there is so important, you know, acknowledging what somebody has gone through when they have been hurt, especially when trust has been lost because they had initial trust in someone or, you know, even as we say, kind of an institution like the church. But I mean, it always goes back to usually an individual, somebody who is in a role of authority, somebody who should have that trust, uh, you know, rightly placed in them, and to say, no, they they abused that, and that was wrong, and I understand as much as I can, you know, looking at from the outside, um, but then, you know, just acknowledging that I think can go a long way in ha- having somebody say, okay, at least, at least somebody's trying to understand and not trying to say, well, yeah, yeah, maybe that happened to you, but you should still remain in the church, you know, th- there's... There's the importance of of saying it never should have happened in the first place. Oh yeah, and to say that look, we're we're, we're right alongside you. Yeah. Maybe not the the victims in the in the formal sense, but we've been victimized too. That the fact that uh, many of us know people uh, who have in some way been uh, wants to besmirch the love that comes from the church, and it's now our responsibility to to, to say and yet not negating what happened but being able to point to the Lord uh, and slowly allowing him to be the one uh, who restores the trust in his church. Father, let's try and get one more phone call on here. Jackie calling in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Jackie, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you. I appreciate you taking my call. And my call is a little different in that how do I, I'm trying to help my husband in forgiving himself. Over 35 years ago, his daughter had a baby that was stillborn. And the baby they were able to see and to hold. And when my uh, son-in-law offered the baby to my husband to hold, he said no. Now, in his heart, I think he didn't want to take that time away from the father, thing that he's never forgiven himself for. And he thinks in his heart that this baby is holding this against him, and it just eats away at him. Yeah, thank you, Jackie, for sharing feel so sorry for your husband. Uh, a couple things. First of all, the, the Lord doesn't judge him or condemn him for that action. Uh, the Lord isn't putting any sort of weight of, of that, uh, not even a sinful action upon him. And so why, and just logically, like, but then why, why would he do that? Sometimes, sometimes we're our harshest critics and, and we kind of beat ourselves up. So uh, I think the prayer that you can do, maybe uh, just between you and the Lord, uh, behind the scenes, if you will, is to say, Lord, help to undo that knot. Uh, send down your lady who brings your son's mercy to be able to undo that, uh, to be able to help him to see that it's actually a snare that the, the Satan, that the enemy wants him to get stuck in. Because then sometimes we make the next step, which is, therefore, I'm not good, which is also a lie or that the Lord can't love me because of this thing, also a lie. Uh, He is all-powerful and all-merciful, and he doesn't want that to be something that separates uh, your husband from his love. 
So yeah, I'd say behind the scenes prayer, especially. Yeah, Jackie, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, when we talk about forgiveness, a lot of times we're looking at somebody outside, but you know, being able to forgive ourselves too, if we are holding on to something and we say we've done something so bad, well, that also can lead to a place of, well, if if I've done something this bad and I can't forgive myself, does God really forgive me? You know, does God really will he will he actually look beyond this and and of course you know the answer we know is yes uh, father let's talk about a couple of other situations here in our last couple of minutes uh, what if somebody doesn't want our forgiveness you know we we offer it they refuse to accept it is there anything more that we are obligated to do at that point no i think at that point we say Okay, Lord, you know I, I I've said I'm sorry. Um, I've I've made restitution in the way that I'm able to. I commend them to you. You know I I want you to be able to do the one. And, and maybe right now, just in their hurt, they're unable to receive us in our forgiveness. Uh, but just to say, Lord, I, I just entrust them to you and, and let the Lord take care of it. The other side of that might be if I'm the one who has done something wrong, and I go to that person, I own up to it, I apologize, but they refuse to forgive me. Is there anything more I should do in that situation? You know, or is that on them? Do I need to, you know, keep that person in prayer just so that they hopefully get to a point to where they're able to forgive? You know, I, I, I don't want to be the cause of somebody not able to receive God's forgiveness since I was the one who did that original action that wronged them, and now they're not wanting to forgive me. Yeah, case by case, again, to be able to say, all right, Lord, show me, is there anything else that you'd like me to do? Uh, But to be able to say, okay, if I've diligently been able to do the things that I'm able to do, and I really feel like the Lord has led me to this point where uh, the decision to forgive is on them, then yeah, I, I do the same thing. I, I commend them to the Lord. Lord, I entrust them to you. I don't want anything to keep them from you. And yeah, that interceding for that person, not so much that they forgive you, that's an important part, but I think more that they might be able to receive the Lord's love, that the Lord might be able to show them how to bestow that mercy. Uh, maybe these are things that don't happen uh, while we're alive, but the Lord and His great plan uh, wants to be able to invite us into that, whether we're the ones who've been victimized or whether we the, are the ones that have offended others. Father Brian Fallon, I want to thank you for being with us here today. We've got about 30 seconds here before the end of the, the show. Could I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Heavenly Father, send down your love upon all who have listened and have been a part today, all those who will listen to this great episode of your mercy and forgiveness. We ask that you might send down your peace, and we ask this blessing of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks again, Father, for being with us here today. If you joined us late, I always say it, go back and listen to the podcast. It'll be posted shortly at our website, relevantradio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. I want to also, again, say thank you for being so generous last week during our Relevant Radio pledge drive. We had a need of $3 million, and you helped us make it over that. Uh, we raised that last week with the help of 15,000-plus 
different people calling in, going online, making their donation. So again, thank you for being so generous and helping to support Relevant Radio. And stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next here, followed by The Faith Explained with Kale Clark. I hope you have a blessed rest of your day. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life.